switch of roles here. You know, uh, I don't really like it, but yeah, <laughs> we're diving right into it. Uh, welcome to episode 30, if you will, for yes, uh, the sports banter with, you know, change it up again, Mr. Polar Bear, myself, <laughs> and Mr. Peanut. There we go. The Peanut. Whichever you want, man. That's right. That's how we're switching it, baby. We're even in uh, different seats today. Yeah, it is a little odd. I'm a little confizzled. But, you know, we're going to push through. Um, that's how we're going to grow. Ex- oh, different that's... spots, different roles. Exactly. Whatever we got to do. Um, so, you know, uh, today's a pretty uh, interesting day in sports, if you will. Um, you oh, know, I will. You know, I mean, if you're any type of baseball fan, you have seen or watched or heard of, you know... Uh, Feel the Dreams. Feel the Dreams. Kevin Costner, great movie. Absolute um, classic baseball play. It really is. I I mean, you know, dad being from Cooperstown, huge baseball fan. I mean, you know, one of the top guys, if you will. He uh, indoctrinated me into that movie pretty early on. And I think, you know, as a young kid, I didn't really, mm-hmm. um, you know, what we're talking about is White Sox Yankees playing at uh, Field of Dreams today based off of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think as a young kid, I didn't really understand, you know, the impact, if you will, even mm-hmm. in baseball or even as a, uh, you know, just a film fan uh, that that movie has on people, you know, sports fan alike. And today... Being um, brought to life, right? It Being brought to life, I think, you know... It's been a conversation piece for a long time, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think even, you know, when I was younger, I even asked my dad, hey, do they do games mm-hmm. there? Um, you know, can't remember how that conversation went. But, you know, it has now come. Valuable banter. Exactly. No exactly. Young little Mr. Polar Bear right. doing his hey, thing. Hey, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, now we have it, you know, coming to a head. And actually being played out mm-hmm. in Field of Dreams in Iowa, in the cornfields, if you will. Made from scratch out of the cornfields in the middle of Iowa. Yeah. So. Build it and they will come. Build it and they will come. What do you think we of the whole thing? We didn't get to thing? go. No. But no. we yeah. will come. Kevin Costner, you know, our wrong. invites next year. So, like you said, the movie itself is an absolute classic. I love that movie. We're big baseball guys. We're Huge. big. Because our dads were, right? Yeah, so exactly. They And I look at the premise of the movie, right? I yeah, mean, exactly, right. So if you haven't seen it, first and foremost, you got to see that oh, movie. Yeah. Yeah. I got it on VHS somewhere if you need it. I don't know if I have a VCR machine anymore, but <laughs> we can have some type of... We'll uh, figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> compatibility. But um, just the fact that they MLB is coming up with these ideas to... They played in London. They played in Williamsport. Now they are they made this field out of uh, scratch in the middle. It's literally in the middle of the cornfield. I posted all over our story. Um, I think it's amazing for the game of baseball. Oh, I, I completely agree. I I mean, you know, I think, I, I think you may have even written it, wrote it in our notes for the week, is, you know, Manford kind of pushing this, hey, let's play mm-hmm. in other places. Very similar to what the NFL is doing right now. Right. Let's kind of open Grow up. Grow the fan base. Exactly. Let's open up into some new markets. I think... You know, I think for baseball fans, and I, I will say this, you know, as I watched, again, the intro, if you haven't seen it, like uh, Mr. Peanut said, it's all over social media. It's all over our social media page, uh, Sports Banter, Instagram. Um, you know, just with that being said, I, I, I love the idea of broadening where places need to play and things like that. But I think what I really liked about this you know, feel the dreams thing is it, it got a real feel of, um, you know, minor league baseball feel mm-hmm. smaller stadium, exactly what I thought. you know, because they can only put in so many seats, I guess. Exactly. You know, I don't know what the infrastructure looks like. George's cornfield, you know, <laughs> he's got his thing going on. There might be maybe 15,000. I'm just guessing fans yeah. there. So it definitely has that small town feel, which they said on the broadcast, it's, there's like 41 people, 4,100 people, excuse me, in the town of Dyerville, Iowa. Yeah, I mean, you know, my dad being from Cooperstown, we would drive. Cooperstown's very close to Oneonta, and that's Oneonta Tigers, which mm-hmm. is the Yankee, one of the Yankees' farm system games. And honestly, me watching the intro, looking around the mm-hmm. field, it reminded me exactly of that feeling of being out there with my dad at this minor league game, you know, just 
you know, and I'm not, I'm getting kind of goosebumps thinking about it, just, mm-hmm. you know, visually, you know, seeing that and giving, it, it, it brings the movie, it brings the game kind of. Childhood. Exactly. It just kind of brings it into all. Yeah. That's what, so I posted that on our Instagram, like you said, solid plug, by the way. Plug City. There we go. Banter City. Whatever you want. <laughs> but well, when the players are coming through the cornfields, I, I don't know what emotions I was feeling, but it's so cool to. You know, you have that childhood memory of watching the movie. And you're like, oh, it's a baseball movie. Like, it's good. I yeah. like baseball. I'm and almost forced much, to watch it with yeah, my dad, you That's know? pretty much the extent of that at that yeah, point of your life. And then, you know, as you grow older, you start realizing the, you know, the actual story in the movie of exactly. the Black Sox and that whole, yeah. you know, dichotomy of, you know, they were kind of banished from the game based on what happened in that World Series. And then they were trying to finish their careers. And that was kind of the the storyline of the movie. So just having that in the back of my mind and then watching this game come to fruition and having the players like come through the cornfields, um, you know, immediately brought me back to when I was watching that movie as a kid, uh, watching with my brothers, my dad. And that's such a cool thing that baseball MLB is trying to invoke in the fan base. Right? Yeah, it is. So kind of pull the harsh strings yeah, a little bit it, too. Totally. And I wasn't expecting that. I was just like, that's a really cool field. Like, I'm excited to see what it looks like. That was my mindset about it. Like, yeah. great marketing. I'm a marketing guy. I loved it. But then watching it, you know, the introductions and everything, I was like, wow. This is this is so cool that they're pulling that childhood emotion back. And they're even interviewing Aaron Boone at the beginning. He's like, what has baseball in your family meant to you? Because, you know, his lineage is his dad's a baseball player, his yeah. brother's a baseball player, his grandfather, you know, it goes down the family tree. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the impact that baseball has had in their lives, our lives, and fans nationwide, I think, was why this game came to be. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, as you're talking about it, I had the same feelings as I was going through it. Um, I think what I'm interested in is, as, you know, as MLB kind of pushes through this, is is this going to be like a consistent game? You know. Yeah, definitely. You, you know, I mean, which I would, I want it to be. So this is what I, I kind of so with, in regards to that, for the baseball Hall of Fame, they do a Hall of Fame game. Right. It, they used to do it during Hall of Fame weekend. I think it would, and it actually used to be a major league game. Now it's a minor league mm-hmm. game, and and I, I could be incorrect in that. Um, but I, I would love to, you know, kind of connect that, if you will, like connect the Hall of Fame game with that, you know, um, you know, field have it dreams. on that, have it on the same field. Yes, okay. exactly. The, you know, they used to do it at Doubleday Field, which is, you know, Abner Doubleday is, uh, you know, quote unquote, the, you know, inventor. star inventor yeah. of baseball, right. essentially with like rules and There's things like that. There's a little like trivia that. for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's that's an that's also an argue, you know, there's an argument with that conversation sure. as well. We weren't there. No, I was <laughs> not. Um, but with that being said, I would love maybe to connect that because, you know, the Hall of Fame game, I will say when I was younger, you know, just being involved with Cooperstown, I knew about it, but I don't think it was looked at as kind of this, you know, higher tiered sure. game. Yeah. And um, I would love for them to connect that because, you know, again, it, it's it's a marketing, you know, Tool. gem. Yeah. Um, I, I just, what I would hate is that it gets into this, like, monetized thing. Sure. Where it kind of breaks down on what, you know, it's... Why it's important. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, again, I don't want it to be, like, some crazed thing, but... I did love the entrance with, you know, Kevin Costner walking through yeah. the Which I didn't field. expect uh, Kevin Costner to be like a focal point, kind of the host, if you will, yeah. of, uh, you know, bringing this all together. I yes. thought that was a really, the way they the MLB set it up, I thought was awesome. Didn't yeah. expect the players to come through the cornfield like the movie. Um, and the fact that the cornfield itself is like a home run. Like they've had yeah. a few home runs in this game where the ball just disappears into the corn. I mean... And then it's fair game, I guess, Joe Buck was saying. People are hustling out there, diving oh, through yeah. corn. I mean, like you said, I don't, you know, and the fact that there's only 15,000 people, I think, plays to the fact it's not purely a monetized thing. I'm sure there's a ton of money. Yeah, advertising yeah, no, it, I understand but, that, yeah. Um, just the sheer fact that they're doing new things in baseball, 
you know, we already have the bat flips and everything. The game is changing. Um, but with the fact that we're putting in these new games, I think is huge for growing the game, number one. And then for the guys playing in the game, I think it's a phenomenal thing to have it after the All-Star break. We're in August. And then, you know, you bring, you know, the Yankees and White Sox. You're like, okay, we have this Field of Dreams game to look forward to during yeah. the grind of a, you know, super long season. And they're both fighting for, well, more so the Yankees, but fighting for playoff lives. And it kind of takes you away to just have a, a game where you're... A, Having you fun. Know, exactly. It's professional baseball, yeah, but this is a once-in-a-lifetime game that you're going to play in, and it takes you back to why you even started playing it. Is it a one game or is it a series? It's just, I think it's one game. I could be wrong, but... would you? T- I, I get, here's my question. Would you want that to change I would love for it to be. Yeah, I would like it to change every year. I love that it's Yankees-White Sox, though, because of the historical value of both of those teams. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, as I mentioned in the blog, I said, I mean, I would love if the Padres or Cubs were playing this game. And kind of I every, would try and go. Every team has that kind of moment on this field. I mean, even as a kid, when I played travel ball, they had Field of Dreams and Chino Hills where they kind of, I mean, it's nothing like yeah, this, it is, of course. this yeah, spectacle. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. playing on that field even is like, man, this is so cool. There's like replica stadiums of Wrigley Field. Emmett's Fenway, Field, yeah, yeah, Fenway, and playing on that was like as a ten year old, like this is this is awesome. Oh yeah, I completely you feel agree. it's a different feel to the game, and um, I'm I'm glad MLB's doing it. Yeah, me too. I think it's an exceptional it, it, it's an exceptional idea that you know came to fruition, if you will, and it, it just I'm excited to see where it goes, but I am a little worried of how they're going to do it. You know, and there's always that little like, eh, will they? Wh- Will they ruin this? You know, <laughs> I, and and as an anti-Manfred guy, that's yeah, probably it's huge. And again, a factor. But you know, I'm ex- like I think we're both in agreement. We're excited to see it. We're happy where baseball is being pushed, if you will. That's kind of like how I'm seeing. And this. as baseball buffs, if you will, if you will, there you go. <laughs> I will. I mean, how awesome would it be if we went to one of those games, like with your just somebody in your fam, or you know, somebody that you can have that experience I would with. love to go yeah. like I'm and already just, thinking you're in the cornfields middle of nowhere who the hell knows where Dyerville Iowa is yeah I don't know how you get there but once you're there to have that experience of kind of living in the movie right and seeing you know the best of the best go at it what an experience yeah I agree completely flipping script because that's what we do here we cover everything that's right that's what the banter lives on that's the foundation okay oh yeah baby <laughs> so we been we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Excited about the start of Hard Knocks football training camp. <sighs> Football's back. That's right. The HBO series has gone on for however long. We you know that's a really good question. At least since two thousand. I'm gonna say it started in two thousand. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Google. That. Check me. Yeah. You know, whatever you want. Googler. Do. All right, Doc, you're on it. There you go. He has to figure out how to use Google first. So he just that, says Googler. That, that could take a while. <laughs> um. But yeah, we had the Dallas Cowboys. Episode one was yesterday, Thursday. Or no, Tuesday. It was one, I thought it was Tuesday. Is today's Thursday? I thought it was on Thursday. Tuesday. So it was on. It was on Tuesday. That's right. Mm-hmm. We both watched it yesterday or today. Yeah, I watched it yesterday. And so let's uh, let's get into our review of <laughs> how how are we going to do this I'm every laughing. week? Are we reviewing yeah, every yeah. episode? Gonna, oh, I fuck think we yeah. are. Sounds good to me. And we're laughing because. We both looked at each other before we started recording. And you can tell there's some thoughts oh, yeah. about <laughs> the review, but we're going to get into it. So, pull, Would pee. you like me to start? Yeah, I'd love you to Okay, start. it sucked. <laughs> I, I'm just going to jump right into it. Oh, man. It was... Honestly, I, I've i tried to watch every Hard Knocks. You know, I'm not up to date on all of them. Don't quote me. You know, don't sue me on that. <laughs> but I just felt like it was not... There's too much non-football things. Thank you. Like, That's I don't give a is. fuck that Zeke I, is giving Dak a fucking suitcase. <laughs> Bro. Like, I, do you That's, think I, At one point, I was watching, and that's funny that you picked up on that. Because I'm doing... I'm watching, I'm also watching the Padre game, so I'm doing two things at once. And then wow. I, I, I'm I, looking back and forth, and I'm like, is he still rapping the damn present? Yeah. I'm like, why am I watching It could have literally been a, a clip of... <laughs> Zeke giving Dak the present and you're fucking done. It with was like it. ten minutes of him wrapping the present. And you I'm know, like, did it, first of all, he's terrible at wrapping presents. Yeah, like, he's he's watching. A, he's watching a how to wrap a present. 
That's and, fine. You know. So that was that was one part. Continue. Um, okay. The whole like. I get what they were trying to do, like with the whole. The, 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 did you remember in the in the earlier part of the episode, um, they had like Jerry Jones talking to, during to the media, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's and he's tearing, he, up. he's tearing up. Which look, I do love that uh, Jerry Jones is very involved with his team. I'm not calling it anyone else's team. It's fucking Jerry Jones's team. Yeah, no question. And you know, I appreciate seeing you know. Jerry Jones' transparency on, like, being excited to finally be around his team, be involved with the guys. Yeah, COVID, I, I will right? say this. He is aged horribly. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Jerry Jones to death. He He's did a, look old. He looked my like God. He looked like a thumb, maybe, let me tell you. Maybe that's because of the, you know, the high-quality cameras we got now, but whoa. Ooh, yeah. Buddy. Number three, during that interview, Mike McCarthy with the fucking cop shades on. Bro, we get it. <laughs> You have a lazy eye. Just accept it. You're another thumb of life. Sponsored by Southwest Airlines. Yes. And, (laughs) you know, just the whole episode, I didn't feel like... Well, what did we learn in that episode? Nothing! That's what bothers me about Hard Knocks now. We're watching Zeke Elliott rap presence. We pretty much followed Dak Prescott being pissed that he wasn't getting reps, which yeah, I, I do love. Like, he is a great... You could tell, like, the leadership mentality that he has. Like, that's a great quarterback. It, and that episode like that. emulated that. Um, but we... I, I mean, it wasn't... It's too much like you're trying to figure out the, the guy's personalities rather than what the hell is happening on this team yeah. and how are they preparing for the season. Also, Mike McCarthy, like, are you, like, a page out of uh, Bill Belichick's book? Like, Mumble City, bro. <laughs> are you serious? I mean, dude. I've never been a McCarthy guy just by default. That's that's completely fine with me. I've never really liked him. His big claim to fame was the one fucking Super Bowl 12 years ago with the fucking Packers, and it, I'm over it. I did, I did, however, you know, there's some parts that we like we don't like. That's going to be a factual that, yeah. thing. But um, I'd say I agree with you for the majority. Like, episode one, didn't learn much. But McCarthy, in the team meeting, when he was explaining to the team, like, the urgency in that, you know, th- we play this game for the trophy. And I've only, he's like, I held it up once, like, 12 years ago. Like and said, that shit's heavy. And that shit's heavier than you think. And I, I liked the message that he was sending to the team, though, because, like we've talked about, every time the Cowboys come up is, they're no good. Yeah. The NFC East, it, you need, like, nine wins to win that division, and they've done it maybe twice in the past, like, seven years. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. I did like that message early on of, you know, let's not act like we're all high and mighty here. Yeah. We got a lot of shit to work on. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Credit to McCarthy on that message, and I, I did like seeing McCarthy being the coach that has, like, a message behind him, because I, before that, I was more, McCarthy is probably, like, a big football guy, but yeah. he's more of a face and not a voice. I don't know how you felt, and this is kind of getting a little bit, like, a little bit deeper into the episode a little bit, but when Dak was, when McCarthy was speaking with Dak, like, did you get that they didn't really like each other? No. But I think with star players now, it's Dak Prescott's knows he's the franchise pillar, right? Yes, sir. So McCarthy, McCarthy and him's relationship is it's not like it's more of a cohesive thing where football in the past, and you know I don't want to go too far back, but you do what the head coach says, and you're the and uh, you follow the rules. Now I think we're seeing more of the dichotomy of. You're the star Let's player. converse. Yeah, exactly. Let's open the conversation so, up. McCarthy can't really bitch at Dak Prescott like they could in the old days because he's not going to take it well. Like, no. You're not, that's just not how that relationship's going to go. No. So that's, I did pick up on more of McCarthy like, hey, do you want to do this? And Dak's like, yeah, hell yeah, I want to do this. Yeah, so I, I, I agree with how you got mm-hmm. that as well. I, from what I got was I think they're still a little like oh, learn, yeah. learning who they are. It, while they were talking mm-hmm. again, that's getting like really. No, I like deep. that though because the relationship between the head coach and the QB has to be freaking on point if you're gonna do anything. And based yeah. on last year's yes. horrific injury, which they showed in the episode, I really wish they didn't show that. I was that was when he for, slammed I his forgot. foot. I actually, oh I actually man! Forgot how gruesome it was. I and didn't. I can tell you was, that it was terrible. When I right when right when they started the episode, they started talking about his his uh, injury. Fast forward. 
Because, <laughs> one, I don't care what yeah. Dak's saying. It fucking sucked. And, yeah. two, it's just the fact of the matter is, is dude, when he slammed his foot Ugh. down, like, Ugh. he was trying to get it back in. Oh, my God. oh yeah. get it, heavens. <laughs> um, it was terrible. It was so bad. But, you know, just getting down to the brass tacks of it. Am I excited for season for episode two? Not really. Am I? I I I am kind of uh, judging this season off of last season because I did feel like the Raiders season for Hard Knocks last year was pretty good. I well to that point, I think when you have a guy like Gruden, who he's going to be Gruden no matter what, and he's such a freaking he's just the same guy he was in the he's Bucks Chucky and before exactly. <laughs> So that's just a character in himself. You go from Gruden to McCarthy, that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I am excited because I'm like, it can't be worse than that, can it? Hopefully not. Uh, yeah, but I would hope not. I need more, I need more football stuff. I need I more also, football insight. Yeah, and I as also... A, as ex-players, like, I want to know what the hell is going on with depth charts and who is surprising and you know preparing for... Uh, joint practices or the first preseason game. Give me more of that. I don't need to see Zeke Elliott not being able to wrap a present no. or them like stealing each other's bikes. Like I don't give a shit about that. Yeah, I mean that's like a little f- segment of mm-hmm. it. Like that's cool. Like it's kind of day to day. Like hey, we get to have fun with each yeah. other. You know, shit like yeah. that. But also, I mean, my thing is, I completely agree with what you're saying. Show me more of the day to day. Like, I, I mean, they fucking they had a ten minute segment on their coach getting a fucking vasectomy. Like, <laughs> yeah, are, that are was you one part fucking too. kidding me? And why? That's not that's not funny. No, it's, it's not. It was it's, way too long. It yeah, and like, he's talking about like about this bro. old guy. Like, yeah, people get vasectomies. I don't need to know your story. No. Um, but what I really want to know, as another football insight, you guys were trash last year based on Dak getting hurt and whatever. You guys were pretty bad before that even. So what are the steps to not? repeat that or the process. conversation to the coaches yeah. like look guys like, hey, this is what we need to yeah. focus on hey we got last last year in the division uh what are we gonna do to you know, they they seem like a team who had won the division and you know it's a new year it's episode I get, one i get the new, <laughs> i get the excitement behind it but i need a little more like who's pissed about the way last year ended? Hey, yeah that's a great great idea or just you know, I also, I don't know if you caught this too, I feel as if on other seasons there was a lot more conversation with the players. This episode, I think Dak, Zeke, is that it? Yeah. Like, and, Dak and Zeke are the only two that spoke. Yeah, and even to that point, I feel like some of the players in there were kind of playing to the cameras too. Like, you could tell, like, the guy knows he has a mic on him. He's speaking a specific way rather yeah. than just talking how he normally would. Yeah, like Which, of course, is going to be a factor, but yeah. I don't, again, I don't want to hear what you've scripted before you came out of the locker room. Yeah. So, you know, episode one was pretty weak. We'll see what <laughs> episode two As we go on, you know, we'll, we'll give you But a, I need a little more than that. At least give me, like, Jerry Jones, like, tearing up in a press conference. Like, that was probably the most yeah. real part about the whole episode. And I also did really like, too, I mean, we got an insight of how they're dealing with, the, how they how the athletic trainers were dealing with Dak's, you know, sore arm. I thought arm. that was interesting, too. I loved that, you know, like, I got to see, like, Jerry Jones being a general manager, like, calling the athletic director, or excuse me, the um, athletic, trainer. athletic trainer and saying, do you think he should be throwing? Yeah. And, hey, we've, we've been on the phone with the Rangers, the that Yankees. Was cool. That was cool. I, I, That's I, the insight I'm looking for. Yeah, I love that. Right. And also, too, you know, I a lot of people for me, you know, and this is this is kind of getting, prolonging this a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, like, when I think of Jerry Jones as the general manager, I kind of look at him as, like, and it, it probably is, like, this, like, it's my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. But what I really liked that we got to see was he was involved in his players' treatment. Like, yeah. hey, what Trying are we doing? What's wrong? How are yeah. we doing it? Can he do a little bit of this? Can he do a little bit of that? And the athletic uh, trainer told him straight up, like, look, we've been in contact with these two other professional teams, their doctors, they're telling us, look, let him chill because if we if we don't catch it now, it's going to be worse down the line. Yeah. And just to see that, you know, I like seeing those little conversations, those little nuances, and even, you know, Jerry Jones putting a shit ton of salt on his fucking... <laughs> 
McDonald's <laughs> breakfast, breakfast is McGriddle. I mean, Which they zoomed in on because they're like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. This is what the yeah. people want. A little, yeah. Yeah. little common man. A little man more of the salt reference. here and a little more of the vasectomy, and you guys got an episode. Fuck. But, <laughs> Dude. But I also thought, because they know if Dak Prescott's out, their year is pretty much shot. Yes. So you could kind of sense that when uh, the trainer came out and was like, yeah, Dak's not throwing. He's got a shoulder sprain or whatever it was. And you could see McCarthy kind of like, damn it. I'm pretty sure he like, even said fuck yeah. like at one point. Like, shit. So that's why, you know, Jerry Jones is so involved being that as a star player. And they, as the as Dak goes, the ship goes. I will say I'm not a fan of <laughs> I'm a very I'm very critical of this episode. <laughs> I am not a fan of the Falcons head coach, uh, ex-head coach, being the DC. Yeah. I mean, dude, he... Seems like an interesting cat. Bro, I, honestly, the first <laughs> thing I thought of was when he was talking is, like, he knows there's a mic on him. Right. Like, does well, he talk yeah. like this all the time? Like, he said fuck in four... I mean, listen, when I've coached, I've said fuck in numerous different ways. But for him, I don't know. I just got this weird... Like he's saying it to act like, hey, I'm hard ass. Yeah, or like just trying to be cool. I don't know. He freaking was talking to their their first round draft pick, the rookie. Oh, yeah. And w- when he ended the weird. phone call, he goes, peace. And I go, <laughs> no, no coach in yeah. the world would he say did, that. He actually got caught because he's like, all right, I'm done talking with this kid. All right, peace. Like, Peace, man. Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Episode two, we're gonna love. Well, yeah, and they're I hate not the, fucking hate the white wool. Sox. Hate they're the wool. Wo- hate the White Sox. Love these uni- unis. Yeah, and that's probably why they're up seven three. But continuing, <laughs> continuing on the NFL talk, we got we're doing divisional breakdowns. We're gonna break down two divisions up to the start of the year, just because that's you know how we gotta do it. Yeah. I'd love to go one by one, but. We don't have that kind of time because no, football is upon us, and I can't Thank freaking God. wait. So, starting with the AFC West, give me your finishing top four from one to four, and then we'll get into whatever so, you want to cover with yeah. the teams. So, my AFC West, right? Yep. All right. My AFC West one through four, if you will. Uh, I got number one, you know, reigning... Super Bowl visitors, if you will. Runners, runners up. Runners up. I'll say visitors. They didn't win yeah, shit. like that. It's a little lower than Yeah. Um, <laughs> is the Chiefs, of course. Yeah. Uh, number two, and this was really hard to make my number two <laughs> and not number four for the AFC West, is the Chargers. Number three, and honestly, my number three and number four, just based off of, you know, looking at this real quick, uh, was kind of a toss-up. And that's the Raiders, and then number four, just the pitiful fucking Broncos. Yeah. So, go ahead. Um, the reason I have them in this order is, one, you know, looking at the Chiefs, let's just put it this way, they're the reigning Super Bowl champs of two years ago. They're the reigning Super Bowl visitors of last year. You know, Tom Brady just, <laughs> told, Ron, Tom Brady just told them to suck a nut, and <laughs> I'll show you how to play. Um, you know, so... You know the goat is here. Yeah, they're yeah. they're in that position for that reason. Let so me, I guess before we dive in, I should probably give my four. Yeah, I'm sorry, we're I'm gonna, jumping right in, baby. We're gonna get lost in the weeds. So I actually had the same four. Which yeah. sorry, sports banter world. I mean, we're both football guys. We see what we see. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, Chiefs won Super Bowl visitors. Raining Super Bowl visitors <laughs> of but 2020. The the Chiefs are obviously the best team in that division. Chargers two. Raiders three, Broncos four. Let's get into it. So, just with the Chiefs and how you and yeah. I both have picked that, I guess let's go like that way. Like we'll we'll kind of talk about maybe yeah. our ones and twos, um, and threes and fours. Um, but with the Chiefs, the reason I have them is not just because they're the reigning Super Bowl visitors of last year. I have them there because they're scary consistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I have them at one. They've been great for as long as Mahomes has been going. Exactly. And, you know, it's very Patriot, Patriots-esque mm. in that consistency. And just that's what I'm afraid of with them. And, and I, I mean, I don't have a fucking – I don't have a horse in this fight. I don't care, <laughs> you know. I just have the fucking – my views. And yeah. – with the Chiefs, with that being said, I think they can run the gamut for the AFC West. I am really excited to see their season, you know, 
start up, if you will. Yeah. So I think with the Chiefs, obviously the offense is an extremely well-oiled machine. You have Mahomes is, you know, he's making throws that only he can make. He can also toss a ball like 80 yards on a dime. And when you pair up a dude like that with Tyreek Hill, I mean, it's so Travis hard Kelsey, to consistently I mean, cover. Yeah. I mean, I'll get into Kelsey too, but just those two, I mean, let's say they're down. Tyreek Hill is not getting covered by one person. He, as a DB, he is your absolute worst nightmare. The dude's like 5'7", and he runs like a 4'2". So it's you, scary. you might get him six out of nine plays at the beginning of the game. You're like, all right, I got a feel for this kid. Like, I can cover him. We got a good game plan here. Yes. You know, we knew he was fast, whatever. Yes. And then he does that one out and up, and he's gone, and 80-yard touchdown, boom, seven points, Chiefs. Yeah, and you're three yards, three to so, ten yards behind him going, fuck, I should have gotten When that. you have that type of weapon with a QB like Mahomes, I mean, he's going to get free more often than not. And so let's say you take away Tyree Kill. Okay, now you have Travis Kelsey, who's one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end in football. He's faster than the average tight end. He can get open. Um, so the, you know those. He are the, also has just a way of finding the open spots in correct. the middle of the field. Too. And the the way that offense is structured with Andy Reid, you don't need those two guys to go off every single game. But Absolutely they're gonna not. get their touches. That's what I mean. And then you have the LSU running back going on year two, Clyde uh, Ed, Edwards Hilaire. I think he's a dog. He's, again, the small running back that just kind of does his job. So, look, the Chiefs have an, an unreal amount of weapons. Those are their top guys I'm going to mention because everyone who's listening to this knows about that's why the Chiefs are good. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, they have their guys on defense as well. Chris Jones is an absolute animal. I saw some clip of him yesterday just tossing around Joe Thunny in a one-on-one. Oh, shit. That was tough. Yeah, but he's he, but he's that type of guy. Which if I could compare him to somebody, it'd be a team that I watch religiously, the Bears, like Akeem Hicks. That's who he reminds me yeah. of. Where he is that kind of dominant um, status. So the Chiefs can only beat the Chiefs. You know what I mean? That's great. They, uh, they, you know, if you're lined up versus the Chiefs, you're going. We better be on our shit today. Yeah, or somebody get better get shot. Yeah. Like I mean, so Chiefs. I think they win the division by two or three games at least. That's being, like, a modest. Yeah, I was just about to say, that's fairly modest. Yeah. I would push that if you So, will. and, you know, probably home field advantage the whole nine. They're the favorites in the AFC, I would say. Yeah, of course. Number two, the hated Los Angeles, lowercase, Chargers. <laughs> yeah, this this was hard to put at number two. Um, just for personal feelings, for personal, not personal. No, no, no. Yeah, just a personal vendetta against the old, uh, you know, just, New head coach, however, so that's always an interesting wrinkle. Uh, that's all right. Um, so with the Chargers, I have them at two. Um, I will say this. I, I do like their team. Love their team. Um, you know, I posted on my Instagram this past week, you know, Keenan Allen doing his fucking yeah. routes. Ooh, Still doing it, by the way. Ooh, He's been do, on the Chargers forever. I can do this. I can do that. Will he get a full season? Absolutely not. That's, I think it's a great call. Yeah. I hope he does. Said it, fucking meant it. He will not give you a full season. Okay? There you go. Boom. He'll have some spleen. He'll have his fucking ass in a sling. Well, so to that point, though, that is what always gets the Chargers to not be in either in the wild card or contending with the Chiefs. They are never healthy as a yeah. team. And even this is, goes back to when we were fans. They always have had O-line problems, staying healthy. I swear to God, they go through more O-linemen than any team ever. Yeah. They got to bring guys in week 12 and like, all right, here's the playbook. You got it four yeah. days to figure it out. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's that's always the weakness of the Chargers is health. And and just what they do at the end of games is bananas, has been bananas. Yeah. And I think it's the Spanos curse, it quite is. frankly. Um, but I do love Air Bear, Justin Herbert. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, he can pretty much do it all. He's not a showy guy, but uh, year in the league, he was offensive rookie of the year last year. He's he's so exactly that's why the I have them at two. Yeah, is is mainly because he can of make Justin plays Herbert. happen. Yeah. Also, with that mm-hmm. being said, something that the Chargers did this past um, uh, draft season, if you will, they their first round pick was an offensive line tackle mm-hmm. and genius i i don't i just said exactly i do not have i don't know his name i don't i i I know i 
But what I will say is being a big offensive line guy and, you know, even when we played, you just alluded to it, is Chargers have always been hurt. Their mm-hmm. O-line has been very flimsy at best. Right. Um, but I have been reading on this tackle, and from what I've been reading, again, I, I, I just his name is just out there right now. I can't think of it. But what I have been reading is that he has been just fucking people up, which nice. is a huge lift. This early on, too. Yeah, and they actually, like, play-by-play, play, they did one-on-ones, mm-hmm. and he got Joey Bosa every time, and he won against Bosa every time. I mean, he's Joey Bosa is one of the best, yeah. you know, edge he's rushers in the animal. NFL. Yeah. He's, you know, he's his technique is you know, impeccable. And just to have that early on as a rookie going up against a defensive end veteran and to get mm-hmm. that kind of right. accolade, Pro if Bowl, you will. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Pro Bowl. I mean, the guy can fucking, he's a dog. And yeah. just to kind of get that, that's a huge compliment to the Chargers. You know, And to that tackle, I mean, that's a huge confidence boost, right? When you're yeah, like, I can, if I can go against this guy, I can go against anybody. Yeah, so with that being said, just my overall consensus of the Chargers is, one, I fucking hate you. But two, <laughs> you know, I think they're finally starting to get the pieces together. It's really hard for me to fucking say that right now. Um, they're, <laughs> they're getting the pieces together. Will I watch their game if they're on? Sure, fuck it. I'll fucking watch it. I, I won't be happy if they win, which it just hurts. But, um, again, yeah, that's, I mean. Yeah, so I think, there, I think they, no, you're good. I think they contend for a wild card spot this year. Yeah. I think that would be the peak of what they can do on it. Because, look, they're going to play the Chiefs twice. That's going to be tough. They hurt themselves so often in game. Like, yeah. they might lose to the Falcons on the last I don't game. even know what their defense Look, is if like. if the Chargers now. play how they're capable of playing, they are a good team. They are not a great team. They're a good team. They could, they should win at least 10, 11 games based on the talent they have. Yeah. They're getting Derwin James back, who was out all of last year. Uh, he's an absolute animal at safety. Me being safety, I mean, I love watching the guy play. Yeah. Florida State guy. He does it all. He reads just like, you know, a little – he's a little faster and bigger than Weddle used to be and has the same capabilities, if not – you know, he's a Pro Bowl guy. Yeah. So yes. I think, like you said, they have the the tools and the players in place to make it happen. Now, will they? That's the name of the Chargers game, baby. Are you going to show up and not score for three quarters and then try to figure it out in the final two minutes? That's what – that's why Philip Rivers can never do anything. He yeah. can only do so much. So that's the Chargers' Achilles heel. Always has been, but based on the young guys that they have coming up, and like you mentioned, the draft this year, they've been drafting guys every year since they left. I have wanted them to buck up the draft, and they always pick somebody that I like. And I'm yeah. like, damn it. Yeah. Derwin James, Herbert, this tackle. It's like they always fill the need that you figure they should get. Yeah. And you're like, damn it, Bosa. Um, so we'll see what happens there, and then. Real quick, Raiders, Broncos, I mean, Broncos are in that transition period where they're like... They're Drew, under two Drew pounds Locke. of fucking shit, man. They Drew, don't know what to do. <laughs> Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, doesn't matter. Neither of those guys is going to put up the numbers you no, need. No, I agree. There, there's not much to say about those two And teams. then Raiders, what I'll say about the Raiders is they're going to be gritty. Like, they're going to be... They're going to try to steal some games from you, but they're... I don't think they can match up with, you know, the other great teams in the NFL to make an actual push... To uh, you know, do anything, and I, it could be Derek Carr's last year in the organization if he can't get that done. Yeah, I agree with you in that sense. I, I think the Broncos, like I said, they're just kind of they're fucked. Um, and then you go to the Raiders. I, I I do like what you said about you know I was shaking my head no, but I do like what you said about um, you know they might find find a way to steal some games mm-hmm. if you will. I think that that's that pretty much their niche. Yeah, they'll kind of sh- they'll kind of yeah. shock me and go, oh fuck. Yeah, it's what like the how they how that? they put up forty exactly. <laughs> Um, John Gruden, I don't know how I'm, I'm still kind of gauging him as a coach right now. Uh, but again, the Raiders, you know, God bless you guys. You got a good seat. You got a good, uh, stadium. Right. I, I was going to say Denver is a very tough place to play. I watched the Bears play there two years ago. That place is rocking no matter what. I mean, I want to go to a Raiders and the Raiders stadium. Like there's going to be a lot of energy in that. So yeah. you're going to have a nice home field. Oh, fuck. We'll there. be in the club in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. Popping bottles, baby. 
reply. Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> I, I was just about to rebuttal that by saying I have good reasons as to... Yeah. So, again, uh, Mr. Peanut and the Polar Bear, PB, if you will, have the same list. Number one People is... People probably just think we disagree on everything. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, yeah, we're no. only into two divisions right now. Right. So I have, again, just running it real quick, Seattle 1, Rams 2, Arizona Cardinals number 3, and number 4. Again, I actually really hate to say this, but I have the 49ers at 4. And it actually really, it, it's hard to say and that. And I will say this. Yeah, looking at the t- like our picks of whatever, it could all be, you Fuck know, yeah, Niners man. could be 1, Seahawks could be 4, Cardinals could be 1. Like, I don't Patrick know how Mahomes could be having yeah. COVID. And who, who knows? Who the hell knows how Stafford is going to be, and we'll get into that. Oh, yeah. But, so starting with the Seahawks, um, so I think my main thing is, again, it's an offensive game these days, and I'm a defensive-minded guy, but it's an offensive game, and yes. I think Russell Wilson is in the top tier of quarterbacks. I said it weeks ago and like, Episode seven, as I'm pleading for the Bears to trade away, you know, seventeen for clear the house, baby, (laughs) clear the house. I Russell Wilson gets the job done, and you know he kind of has a Drew Brees mindset to him, and you know just the type of stature of quarterback there. They kind of have to play the same way if they're going to be successful. So you know the Seahawks patched up that relationship to a point. Uh, I did hear that Dwayne Brown, the O tackle, is holding out because. You know, contract stuff, and Wilson's pissed about that, which was his whole thing of why he wanted to be traded or thought about being traded. Is like, I don't have these guys on the line that I need, uh, you know, like deep playoff hunt for a little bit. So I think there's that hunger there, especially with this division shaping up as, you know, we think it'll be where most teams Tough are division. competitive. Yeah. So I'm going Seahawks one. So everything that you said, I agree with. Again, sports fans are fan. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sorry. Um, but again, you know, we do have – we may agree, but the the way we're agreeing is different, right? right. Um, with me, I will say I have Seattle at number one. Sole fucking reason is Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I, that's it. Um, well, let's say – I think he's the best quarterback in the division. Is that fair? Um, no. I kind of disagree with okay. that, actually. Well, that's why. I'm and that's, that's why. And that will push me into my number two pick okay. as well. Um, so – Again, for me, it, it for Seattle, it's mainly Russell Wilson. Again, there I'm a little worried, and I was a little hesitant about putting them at number one. But the other three teams in that division, it just they got their own fucking problems. Mm-hmm. But Seattle themselves is, I think there's so much going on internally with Seattle. I mean, even you said like they dealt with Russell Wilson to a point. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it, it may have a trickle effect into the season. But I will say, when Russell Wilson comes to work, that motherfucker comes to work, mm-hmm. and he's ready to go. So just straight off the bat, Russell Wilson is my main push for number one for Seattle. I will say, though, I am, I again, I'm, I'm a little hesitant at that answer. And the reason I say that is because just based off of what happened last year with them. They put a lot of fucking effort yeah. on him. Mm-hmm. Like we they a lot of the weight of that team was on Russell Wilson's shoulders and that's that's fine, but you saw how far they went with that. Uh-huh. And, you know, definitely need some other intangible to put him over the top. Exactly. Yeah. And that's again, we both In agree. terms of Super Bowl contention, yes. not division. No, no, no. Yeah. Again, we see that we both agree at number 1 is Seattle. I'll jump straight into number two. I love this discussion. Yes. I, okay. So this is one of the more, like, this team could be a lot of things this year. So I have them at number two, and the reason I have them at number two is because what you just asked me, is, or what you just stated, is that Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in that division. Right. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I will say there is a new factor into this fucking thing with a fairly good team. And that's oh, Matthew yeah. Stafford. I Big am, time trade. Exactly. Huge trade. And I'm very, very excited to see how the Rams are going to work with Matthew Stafford. I Honestly, I'm a huge Matthew Stafford dog. Excuse me, fan. Dog because, dog, baby. <laughs> because he is a dog. Yeah. I mean, dude, the guy had a fucking dislocated shoulder. That's one of the best. If you haven't seen that video, go look. Just type in Stafford dislocated shoulder. 
Unbelievable video. Exactly. So that for me, and the Rams themselves, you know, Sean McVay, I do like Sean McVay a lot. I think he's a small little quirky little guy that just loves fucking football. Yeah. And, you know, he loves his he loves his boys, which I really like. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for Sean McVay and what he's done with his organization. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's his fucking organization because he's done so well with it. Number two, their team, like I was saying, is just kind of it's surrounded by, again, I'm not good with fucking players' names. Sue my ass. I don't care. But <laughs> there's, this, there's this aura around the Rams where it's like, we're going to stay consistent, we're going to stay consistent, and then we're going to kind of break out. Yeah. Personally, I think Matthew Stafford actually gives them that little fucking glimmer of light to push them into where they can. So that's, again, I'm, I kind of disagree with you in can that sense. Can he stay healthy? I think so. And I, yeah. you know, he's in That's that, where I'm going to disagree with you. I, I, I think he can. <clears throat> um, and I think, I think he can because I think the way that Sean McVay coaches is going to give him more opportunities to give the ball away or protect him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, who was Adam Goff? Was there, or not Adam? Uh, who was their quarterback last year for the Rams? Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Uh, Adam Goff. That's just some guy. His name's Adam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jared Goff. Excuse Facebook, me. I'm I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, look at, uh, you know, he he didn't play hurt. I don't think really he got really injured until he kind of fucked his hand up. Yeah. With that being said, I mean that's a good compliment to Sean McVay, like working the offense to protect his quarterback. Again. The Lions, where Matthew came from, the Lions fucking suck. The Lions are a graveyard. Exactly. And yeah. you're talking about injuries. I mean, a lot of those injuries were potentially from his O-line or just what was going on, right? Well, let me get it. Let me Go ahead. That. Sorry, I'm, I'm just... No, no. Uh, that's that's a good uh, Okay, and, and don't get me wrong, okay? I'm not <laughs> like, you know, I'm in love with Matthew Stafford. I'm just excited to see a big name play on a different team in a new division and see what his impact is. Yeah. Boom, I'm done. Um, <laughs> so, Matt Stafford, yes. That is a great upgrade from Jared Goff. However, where, <laughs> where, where I put Seattle ahead of be, – why I put the Rams at two is because of Stafford, and I think the way that offense will be better with him at a quarterback. However, you were talking about, yeah, he got hurt because of the Lions, and trust me, I watch enough Lions games to realize how yeah, trash yes. that team is. But, you know, he's like 37, 36 years old. Uh, that's a lot of wear and tear, a lot of Lions yeah. seasons – that he's had to play yeah, through, so I don't know how. I don't know how, you know, sustain. Let's say he gets, uh, he's gonna get sacked. So let's say he gets, yeah, he is. He's gonna get. <laughs> I don't, how many of those shots is he gonna be able to take based on the wear and tear that he already had in Detroit? He's had a ton of shoulder problems, um, and I do love him as a athlete. I think he's phenomenal. Like the dislocated shoulder to stay in there and throw a pat or no, he ran it in. But um, to yeah, stay in there, it shows, he, it shows it. he will, you know, he's willing to put it all out there. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, so let's say Stafford stays healthy. I think they have a great chance to, you know, compete for that number one spot. Maybe yes. beat the Seahawks twice. I don't know. But the thing I don't like about the Rams is they do the Patriot running back committee deal where they have, they just say, you know, running back is a position where, we can put anybody into the system, and we'll kind of cycle through three guys. Okay, yeah, I, and I, I Todd Gurley was, you know, a huge part of that offense before, and now they went to this committee thing, and Gurley's out, and they kind of have three guys who do enough. But are they going to be a focal point of the game plan? Probably not. No. Um, so I think that's a, they're keeping that offensive ship technically afloat. Yeah, and if you don't will. get me wrong, I think they have a great O line, and the running backs can do enough. And yes. some of them will have you know three or four weeks where they go, wow, you know Malcolm Brown's a great player, but is that consistent enough to compete at the highest level? I don't know. Um, so I think there's some spots there, but whenever you have you know arguably year in year out the best D lineman in football, Aaron Donald, where teams are literally putting. Almost their entire O line on the guy because you he's so lethal. You cannot double team him on pass. Protection. So I think what would really separate the Rams, aside from Stafford, is the defense. Who yeah, was number I'm, one last year? My my comments are weighed a lot on right. Matthew Stafford, but, well, and, I think, and I'm not trying to knock their defense no, 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 at all. No, no, I think you're, what would add to the value of the Rams is yeah. if the defense stays constant, and then Stafford's better than Goff. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and to the defense's point, Aaron Donald's going to be Aaron Donald. He's going to play through yeah, whatever. He is an absolute dog. He'll, he'll, he'll go start with, a fight after a game, be, and I love it. He'll be in the Hall of Fame one day, 100%. So if you're on that D-line, you need a guys like Leonard Floyd, um, 
you know, other key players that maybe we don't know their names to step up and have a bigger year than uh, is expected. Because if you do that, then they can't put three guys on Become Donald. another Aaron Donald. Right. That's what... Well, that's maybe what, not even that, because, like... Look, well, no, you're never... He, yeah. He's he's a top but tier. I'm, I'm saying, but what I'm saying, but, like, I think we're in agreement yeah. is... Add another factor on the other side. Use Aaron Donald's performance to your advantage. Yes. Know that you're probably going to get a lot of one-on-one blocking. And Fuck, that have, would make me want to get yeah, better. You have to be. You have to tell yourself, like, look, if they're going to focus on Aaron like that, like that's disrespectful. Hell to yeah, me, that's. Yeah. And I need to have a phenomenal year, especially with guys. I'm harping on Leonard Floyd because he was an ex-Bear and he had a great year last year. But you need to go extra and be, you know, a sack leader in the NFL if they're going to put one guy on you, maybe a tight end. Um, and that makes life easier for the corners, the safeties. So it's going to – the Rams' success is going to come based on the defense, I think. And if the defense is number one or top five, let's say, I think Stafford takes you to a different level. And that's why they made that trade. That's great. I, I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I love how we've kind of agreed with how the Rams' success – I, let's just straight put it down to brass tacks for number two for the you know NFC West here is we're excited to see where the Rams can go. Yeah, and if Stafford gets hurt, which you could say that about any quarterback, but I'm thinking it's a little higher probability than as backup to go in the NFL. It's going to be tough. Yeah, because I, I don't even know who the hell is behind him, but he's just he's not going to add the same value. No, his name. And is then when you have that backup QB, and now, now I'm getting the weeds. Yeah. But on that running back committee, they become a bigger part of the offense, and they're not gonna they're not gonna take you to that next level. So it really depends on the health of Stafford too. Yeah, and you know, I agree. Adam Goff behind uh, Matthew Stafford. Who the fuck knows? So, but going into three and four, which is I want to talk about these two because they could easily jump the other two because they have that ability. I think. Uh, let's talk about the Cardinals. Cardinals. Kyler Murray. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, they got J.J. Watt now. Polar Bears, you know, out on J.J. Watt, but he, he is who he is. Yeah. Um, so, but they have talent around uh, the Cardinals. They are a sleeper. They are a sleeper. That's a and great... And they have a lot of talent. A lot of young talent. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Kyler Murray stay healthy? I don't think so. Right. I mean, I yeah. think... Yeah, he's in, but he runs a lot, right? He does run a lot, and last year he was hurt twice in two consecutive games. So... I'm a little skeptical of them. Um, you know, again, I I completely agree with what you said. They have a lot of assets that they can use. Yeah. How I think they all come together and work, I'm a little skeptical. Yeah. And that's um, why I have them at three. Because, I, to me, they are a sleeper. Kyler Murray, what was that, the fucking Hail Mary that right. he threw well, last that's, season? That's the point I'm going to make, is that they play, they're going to play in a lot of close games just yes. based on... You know, Kyler Murray's a hit-or-miss guy when they're playing good teams, right? Yeah. So that Bills game, they comes down to a Hail Mary. So if, if let's say the Cardinals win every, um, you know, close game, let's say yes. within seven points, then they could probably win 12 games, let's say. But yeah. in those close games, the margin of error is so small that usually you win two, lose four, or like, you know, the great teams win four or lose two. Mm-hmm. So that's going to yeah. be the factor of their season. And then... You know, you're going to be relying on DeAndre Hopkins a lot. Um, you know, your star athletes, of course. But that's why I have them at three. I think they could be a wild card team. I wouldn't be surprised if both wild cards come out. Or I guess there's three wild cards now. I wouldn't be surprised if three teams from the NFC West make playoffs. Because it's that loaded. Like, they do have to play each other twice. But uh, there's a lot of talent in these there divisions. Is. There is. Um, and then, you know, just jumping into four. Yeah. I mean, uh, the 49ers... You know, I have them at four, and the main reason I have them at four is they lost their DC. Um, right. Shaw, Big I think, time. is last time. Yeah, in he's the head coach of the Jets, Jets now, which and, we both love. Yeah, I love it. I think that's going to hurt them on the defensive side because I think Shaw brought Big a lot time. of brought a lot of he brought a lot of energy he honestly like if i was a defensive player and i I know exactly how you play in defense rick i think you and i would both love him as a coach yeah you could tell he's he's one of the great ones exactly um based you know offense you know jimmy g you got um trey lance you got trey lance you do have my favorite tight end with um Oh, I can't think of his name George right now. George Kittle. There we go. I love Kittle because he is a sh- small offensive lineman, and he is fucking mean. And he talks a little shit. 
And, you know, <laughs> now I will say this. I, I don't know their, um, they signed a quarterback for. Yeah, Trey Lance. That's there who, you go, Trey Lance. They that's their uh, number three pick. They traded up for him. Yeah, I think. I think that's why I have him at four. I, yeah, because, because of those question marks of Jimmy G. Thank and you. That's yeah. exactly. I, I mean, hey, man, this is Sports Banter. We need to disagree, but we're agreeing a lot here. <laughs> but I, I agree with you in that sense. Like, uh, there's just. There's a lot of question marks. There's, well, let that's me, let's put thing. those question marks out in the open. Uh, does Jimmy G come back from another injury and play the way he did to get them to the Super Bowl where they lost to the I hope Trey Lance Chiefs. takes his spot, honestly. And is Trey Lance good enough, if Jimmy G's not, to step in there and win games? Uh, you know, We're talking a lot about quarterbacks, but that is why the MVP every year is a quarterback because it holds that position holds so Should much. Should be an O-lineman, but we'll gloss over that. <laughs> But I'm saying it holds so much weight yeah. on a performances of teams that that is the – it's a, you know, if you're on defense, you can't touch anybody, so it's an offensive game. And you need a quarterback to get you to that next level. Yes. So I I think the teams that when we go through these divisions, all of them, that we're going to put toward the bottom, they're all going to have some sort of quarterback – Issue. Question mark yeah. or – because every team we put at the top is like Russell Wilson – and Patrick Mahomes, like those are no question marks. Those are those guys are going to come out every week and do what they're supposed to do. And you know there could be some football stuff that happens, whether it's turnovers or whatever, that they might lose. But you can depend on those too. So 49ers, I think, like you said, the DC leaving to become a head coach is going to be a big deal. Huge. They don't That's have huge. you know those except for Fred Warner, who's a Mission Hills guy. He's an absolute stud at linebacker. Um, you know that defense is going to have to be very very they're gotta be top five to be rising in this list i think we will and see, take the pressure off these quarterbacks who we don't know if they can do it we will see how much how much of an impact shaw had on that defense this year. yeah absolutely you know injury list if you will and still waiting been, for that return still yep. waiting for that return there's been this uh conversation being had around the mlb and also the padres uh you know, clubhouse, if you will, and that is moving Tatis potentially to the outfield. How how you feeling about that, Mister P? Yeah, you know, I think it's kind of give us where it came from, if you yeah. will, because I'm, I'm, you know, it's a uh, so you know, if you follow Twitter, you get news as it happens. I mean, it's, fuck it, it's I, absolutely Twitter incredible. Should have given us a, a new picture, but it didn't. <laughs> but fuck. So uh, you know, the SD beat writers like Kevin Acey and you know the million of them that are out there yes, were sir. saying that. Tatis is taking BP and like center field, right field, and just kind of getting the feel out there, working with Wayne Kirby, the uh, first base coach, mm-hmm. to see kind of how he feels out there. And it became uh, enough of a scene or like repetitive it action ballooned. <laughs> that people are wondering is he, and when he comes back, in order to keep this shoulder intact for as long as we can, you know, God help us, is he going to move to center field or maybe right field? Um, and what is interesting about this is when Tingler's been asked about it and Wayne Kirby, they go, Tatis is so athletic that he can play pretty much any position on the field like except catcher, which I think speaks to the type of athlete he is. And, um, you know, it's, it's shocking when you have your starting shortstop potentially moving out there. And, again, like, I don't even know if that really – I guess he would be involved in less plays. But let's say – a ball goes to the it wall, scares me. and he's going to go all out, man. Like, kind of what Doc was saying, he's 21. Like, he's going to try to win the game at all costs. Um, it scares I have, the shit out I of me. I have no doubt that he would be a phenomenal – like, he's one of the fastest guys on the team. He The closing speed and, you know, everything that you need as an outfielder, I think he would be fantastic at. And if freaking Profar is out there, you know, running into the wall, he's one of the worst center fielders we've ever put out there. If, he could, if they can throw him out there – 100% Tatis would be uh, phenomenal out there. Um, so if that's the only way that we can get him out there and he'll feel comfortable, then I'm in. Um, uh-huh. I'm also hearing now that he might go back to shortstop and you know all this is just talk. But I think it's interesting and speaks to the level of athlete and MVP caliber that he's able to be like, well, you know, maybe I'll play center. Maybe I'll play right. And, you know, we just need him back in the lineup is basically what we need. The Padres, as we've talked about all year, 
You know, we we pl- we have a very good record. We're still third in the NL West, but we are so damn inconsistent. And, you know, Tatis is the engine that makes us run. You know, we're playing well without him. He's a him, driver. But yeah. with him, we are a completely different team just because of all the, you know, we I could go on forever about how great of a player he is. Mm-hmm. So I hope that if he does come back, that it's done with, Every precaution known to man, I we cannot have him get hurt again to for future injuries. Yes. And I don't foresee outfield being an issue for him. Like, I don't see a ball going over his head and be like, oh, what the fuck, Tatis, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but it may it's just an, be, it's yeah. an interesting uh, hiccup, and especially with guys like Myers struggling, and you could plug him in there, and we would still be, you know, the, the wheels are rolling. Cronenworth playing great short, and Frazier at second. So... I'm open to it. I mean, if we can get him back with the bat that he has and the difference he makes, I think that's what Padre fans are wondering if it's worth it. I think for me, it scares me. It really does. But it gives me this. But one real quick. Yeah. Um, with it scaring you, like I think any way he comes back is going to be scary. He's been hurt three times this year. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? no, no, no. But it, what I'm adding to is mm-hmm. what you said towards the tail end of what you were saying is. Every precaution, every this, every that, just to get him back in the lineup. To right. me, putting him in the outfield, I agree. He can get hurt anywhere mm-hmm. on the field. Playing, he can just get hurt. Right. Let's just put it that out there. For me, I guess, you know, for you, me, and all the Padre fans out there, we see Tatis being able to make these extraordinary plays within the smaller par- portion of the field. Mm-hmm. He's not running. I mean, I'm not, you know, he's not running like an outfielder runs for a fly ball. But he does at shortstop. I yeah. will say that. <laughs> now, just putting him into a position of, you know, more lengths of, hey, I need to change his, you know, I got to move here real quick and it's for a longer distance to try and catch a ball. More, you know, more uh, variables, if you will, to potentially get him hurt. And honestly, mm. right now, I understand that it's his shoulders that are fucked up. It's not his legs. Right. Because once you lose the legs, you're kind of fucked for yeah. Tatis, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, just protect him in that sense. And I'm not saying he can't get hurt. His legs can't get hurt at shortstop. I'm just seeing more variables as a fan and seeing baseball, you know, watching it for as long as I can, there are more variables in the outfield for someone's legs than anyone else. Yeah. And, you know, do I think it's a great topic of conversation to see how versatile, again, the Padres are with our lineup? I love it. Mm-hmm. It gives me the yeah. idea of knowing I'm confident at multiple positions, even though, you know, Profar, Myers are kind of, you know, <laughs> they're kind of out there in the weeds, if you will. But, again, if Tatis comes back, and I do hope he doesn't come back. I'm in complete agreement with what you're saying is wrap that motherfucker in bubble wrap and let him play. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I hate to say this, and I, I really kind of, it kind of makes me upset is as a fan, is if there is any inkling of him getting hurt or in pain or what have you, immediately have the conversation with him and say, hey, how do you want to proceed with this? These are your options. These are these options. And again, we're not in those conversations. I'm just thinking, protect him for the elongment of the team. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about it. Yeah, we're going to need him for forever. And until well, we have him for forever. Yeah. <laughs> and we better. But, you know, in terms of his playing ability, I think he'll be fine in yeah. the uh, I'm not worried about field. that at all. But, of course, Padre fans will be holding their breath at just about any play. That's, like, the ball gets hit his way. I'm going, so... Oh. And then, you know... He Myers, run from right. Just robbed, go try and get it. <laughs> and then he robs a home run and throws a guy out at home, and it's like this amazing yeah. play. So, look, we, I want Tatis back, but I don't want it to hurt his career later I on. I agree. So, That's my big if he worry. comes back, just, you know, we need, like, some angels in the outfield shit where we got people looking after him. Peanut, not impressed. Yeah. Give me a little more HBO. I agree. Yikes. If you're going to be on HBO, give me something. Yikes. It broke down uh, AFC West and the NFC West. We got Chiefs and Seahawks coming out of there. We'll see as the season goes how those predictions go. Um, you got know, games anything on, could happen. You got games on tonight. I mean, shit. Yeah. 
Football's back, baby. Washington I and am. Patriots, and then we got... Um, yeah, shout out to uh, Tyler Gaffney. Hopefully yeah. he's got 150 yards and six <laughs> That's touchdowns. That's true, I agree. <laughs> um, covered that, and then Tatis Eagles potentially Steelers, moving to the outfield. We'll see if that comes to fruition. I'm hearing Tatis might be back uh, as early as tomorrow, or at the latest Monday versus the uh, Rockies, so... We'll see how he comes back and where he's at in the lineup. Padre fans, say your prayers, hold your breath, because, my God, he's going to put it all on the line oh, for yeah, us to win some games. Oh, man. PB, what do you got for the good Love people? it. Love it. Great episode. You know, I liked everything that we covered. The biggest thing for me was that, you know, feel the dreams. Again, if you have not seen it, we have posted it all over our Instagram. And with that being said, just... You know, continue to interact with our page. Get us those likes that me and the uh, the old peanut over <laughs> there have been constantly uh, chiming in on at the end of every episode. But again, I mean, you know, we're staying consistent with this, and we love all the interactions with everybody. Love you guys commenting. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm having a blast. Yeah, absolute blast. <laughs> so show us that you're having a blast. Throw us five stars. Throw us a review. Apple and Spotify. Don't forget about our blog because we're on there, right? Our blog's on there. Sports Banter City dot blogspot.com pb will be debuting his thoughts soon yeah, and my right. god i am excited <laughs> <laughs> but for episode 30 sports banter out, out.